This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. Four minutes after the hour, it's Tuesday, November 9th. Good morning and welcome back to Morning Air on the Feast of the Dedication of the Lateran Basilica in Rome. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverns. Thanks so much for joining us all across America. I want to remind you that on Tuesdays uh, we remember to take a moment and pray to our guardian angels. Ask our guardian angel for help. It's a, it's a really good practice and we always try to remember this on Tuesday specifically. Our number, if you want to be part of the show, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Now, in case uh, you have just joined us and you haven't heard me talking about uh, the incredible pledge drive that we had last week, uh, the fall pledge drive, uh, join the family pledge drive, it was amazing. I'm, I'm still uh, I'm still can't believe uh, just how amazing, the how incredibly uh, our relevant radio listeners supported us uh, the outpouring was historic. Uh, it was a record-breaking fall pledge drive uh, last week. And again, thank you so much for all of your generosity. Thank you to every single one of you. Every one of you is a member of our family. For whatever reason, uh, you missed our pledge drive. Uh, if you're on vacation, if you were, for whatever reason, it, but you still feel a call to do something, to join the family, to uh, help our cause of bringing Christ to the world through the media, you can always make a tax-deductible donation. Nation uh, by giving us a call 877-291-0123 or online at relevantradio.com or of course through the Relevant Radio app. Uh, thank you again. Want to bring in my partner Glenn Leverance. Uh, Glenn, what are some of the stories making headlines this morning? Well, John, talking about the COVID mandate today, the Biden administration uh, wanting all employers with 100 employees or more to uh, mandate vaccines or fire those employees who refuse. The deadline earlier set for January 4th. Over the weekend, U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit put that on hold, saying that uh, it amounted to an unconstitutional delegation of power to the executive branch and that OSHA didn't have the legal authority to enforce that. But the White House yesterday said businesses should just go ahead with that mandate anyway, even though it's uh, been put on hold by a court. So we'll... We'll see where that goes. More legal wrangling expected uh, this week as well. That seems to me very unusual to just ignore a court order uh, and to just encourage people to just go ahead. In fact, there's also been talk of possibly having a similar mandate for businesses with under 100 employees. They're getting a lot of pushback for this. And uh, one wonders, too, uh, you know, politics plays into so much in federal government and how that will play in light of uh, a few elections here in the last couple of weeks, looking ahead to uh, the next year for the midterms, uh, how far they want to push. And uh, Glenn, another story that uh, people are still talking about, and in fact, we're even praying for one of the youngsters that's in serious condition is the situation with the uh, the concert uh, in Houston um, last week um, that resulted in eight deaths. Uh, what's the latest? Well, a huge concert with rapper Travis Scott uh, who came to a 
abrupt end on Friday in Houston. Over 50,000 people in attendance there and just a mad push for the stage. Hundreds were injured, eight were killed, and five said to be in very serious condition, including that one nine-year-old in ICU. So inviting prayers for that. The FBI getting involved in an investigation. Many lawsuits already filed against the rapper, and he's uh, canceled some upcoming shows as well. Glenn, did you get to see the end of uh, Monday Night Football last night? I tell you, as a suffering Minnesota Viking fan, got a feel for the Chicago Bears fans, and I suppose celebrate for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, but uh, another field goal winning it at the, the last moment. Absolutely. The Steelers hang on for dear life. They beat the Chicago Bears 29-27. The Steelers, uh, Chris Boswell uh, was the the hero on the night. He had three field goals, including the game winner with 26 seconds left uh, from 40 yards out to to win it uh, for the Steelers. Uh, Despite the fact that the Bears scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, but they came up short. Pittsburgh on a little bit of a roll. They've now won their fourth in a row, Glenn. So always fun to talk about Monday night football. Oh, it certainly is. Uh, what a rally for the, the Bears falling just short. And uh, the kicker uh, for the Steelers taken out of last weekend's game after suffering a concussion. Normally kickers uh, not involved in anything uh, resembling a physical conflict in a football game usually. And uh, he, he's back and everything seems to be working just fine. Well, we're glad that he's okay, and congratulations uh, to the Steelers uh, with a a big win last night. Uh, As always, uh, thanks, Glenn. Hey, thanks, John. Sounds good. And we uh, always begin in prayer every hour here on the show, giving thanks to our Lord uh, for the many, many blessings that we receive every single day. We always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of life and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, in this year of St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from John eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus the Lord says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe these words of our Lord Jesus Christ? This verse is essentially an affirmative statement of the divinity of Christ. Our hope in the resurrection and eternal life depends totally on the resurrection and redemption of Christ. Through his death and resurrection, the faithful will rise from the dead and eternal and go into eternal life uh, one day. And that's exactly what our hope is. That's what our faith is all about. That is what we try to do every day here is encourage you to keep your eyes on the eternal prize. We always pray with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. And now let's talk about love. When I say goodbye, it's never for long, cause I know our love still lives on. Again, exactly like it was, cause I believe in the power 
And once again, we continue our weekly Remember You Are Loved uh, series. And today we're going to discuss knowing God as a loving father. We're now joined by international bilingual evangelist Martha Fernandez Sardina. Martha is a teacher, trainer, writer, consultant, outreach developer, and the former director for evangelization for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. and San Antonio. She's also the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com and the host of Remember You Are Loved TV series. Good morning, Martha. Buenos dias. It's good to be with you once again. Thank you for being with us. Buenos dias. Good morning. Great to be with you, John. As always, uh, we, we're going to talk about love. And th- this week, I thought it'd be, it'd be really good to, to focus in on uh, God as our loving Father. Um, let's, let's talk about uh, God as our Father, starting with uh, the traditional uh, creed that we process uh, every week in Mass, Martha. Yes, profession of faith in public and in private tells us so much about who we are and what we believe. And in fact, that is what we're about today, reflecting on whether or not we know who God is and whether or not we know who we are. And He is a good, good Father, and we are loved, deeply loved by Him. And we profess that probably without even realizing it in the creed. When we say, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, we're declaring that he's our father. He is our daddy. But he is the father, first and foremost, of Jesus Christ, our Lord, right? And in that profession of faith, as we continue, I believe in the Lord, in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten son who became man, who who gave his life for us. And we profess the faith in that we are declaring to our own soul and to other souls that we have, again, a God who is a loving father who has given us in his love, his son, a son who has become our savior and is loving and pours out the Holy Spirit, God, the third person of the Trinity, also out of love and through whom, by the way, St. Paul tells us in Romans, through whom the Holy Spirit, the, through whom, which Holy Spirit, the love of God has been poured into our hearts. So every time we profess and proclaim who God is and what we believe, we're making a declaration of love, John. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Absolutely. I love that verse, Romans 5, 5. The love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. It's a a great reminder. Yeah, I also am very encouraged when I think of of the reality that we are to think of God, our Father, as Abba, Abba, like Daddy. Uh, Jesus talked about the Father so many times and I think he made it very clear that that he and the Father are one. They're distinct, but they're still one. Absolutely. And he teaches us to call God Abba, like you said, Daddy. St. Paul says it more than one place. And, and to have that intimate uh, relationship with the Father that Jesus himself has with the Father. And St. Paul says we are... God's children, Romans 8, 17 is one of my favorite passages. And he says, we are children of God and not only children of God, but he says, then we are also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed 
we suffer with him so that we might also be glorified with him. So we have a God who is a loving father who has glory awaiting us if we suffer with, with Christ, if we uni unite our sufferings to those of Christ, if we live our lives united to the life of Christ. And you know, John, when I'm praying the rosary every day, I when uh, when the, I pray the uh, especially the uh, mystery, the glorious uh, mystery of the ascension of our Lord, I smile and I ask Jesus, did it feel good to be back home with the Father? You know, I, I can just imagine and although he was with the Father here, because he says in John 16, 32, that uh, I am not alone because the Father is with me, there's a way in which obviously he's here on earth. And I think, wow, being back with the Father. And you know what that gives me is hope and a sense of expectation as to the day when I will die and, uh, and be brought to eternal life. And I wonder, I wonder what will that be like to see Abba, Father, face to face. And uh, there, there's so many scriptures. I can't help but think of uh, John 1, 1, in, in the beginning was the word. Uh, and for us to even meditate on those verses uh, right off the bat in the gospel of John, uh, to think that Jesus, the Lord, was from all eternity with the Father, and yet they're, they're separate, but yet they're united from before the foundation of the world. Yes, and in that beautiful uh, hymn, uh, and profession also, uh, one could say, of faith in which John the Baptist is, uh, or I should say John the Evangelist is telling us of the eternal logos. He said, he says that he became flesh and dwelt among us. And that is the beauty. And that's where it hits home that this eternal loving God wanted to become united to you and to me to embrace us and envelop us in love. And that's why the same Apostle John can say later in his letters, like for example, in 1 John 3, 1, he says, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are, he says. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him, which is kind of an indictment. Those who do not accept the love of the Father those who do not accept the salvation of the Son, those who are not infilled with the Holy Spirit are clueless many times, oftentimes, almost always, when it comes to the love of God the Father. And that's why it's so important that we evangelize also, that we bring the love of Christ and we evangelize others, bring them into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ so that they might enjoy that love that Jesus talks about in John 6, he says, in John 16, I should say, 27, one of his last discourses, he says, for the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the father. So to the extent that we know Christ and to the extent that we belong to Christ, to that same extent, will we be loved by the father as we love the son and love the father through the son? You know, and he says that also in John 15, 9, he says, just as the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. And I want every one of you listeners to think about that. He's talking to you and to me and to you, John. Just as the Father has loved me, so also have I loved you. Abide in my love. And that's what we're called to, a deep personal relationship of love with the God who is deeply and personally in love with us.
And I think a way that we can uh, abide in God's love is uh, through the Holy Eucharist. We abide when we uh, eat his flesh and drink his blood, uh, as, as he uh, tells us about it in, in John 6. Uh, we, we abide, uh, we remain uh, in Christ and in the Father, uh, in the Holy Eucharist, in this Trinitarian sign of uh, God's infinite love and mercy for us. I told one of my godchildren, I have five godchildren, and uh, one of them, she's in college now, first year, and we were talking, and I, and I said uh, that mass should be like a love bath. It's actually something I posted on my Remember Your Love Facebook page, which you can get to by going to rememberyourlove.com. And, uh, and uh, the, just as the waves come and they bathe your feet, if you're standing by the seaside, so mass should be like a love bath that it should just soothe your soul. And especially, of course, as you just said, when we receive love incarnate, the same logos that John 1 talks about, who became flesh and dwelt among us, he dwells among us and he wants to dwell within us. He literally wants to come onto us. As I say, God on my tongue, he wants to be inside of me so that to the extent that I consume him, or as I consume his body and blood, I might be consumed by the love of God and might become more like Christ, more like what I eat. I might become that which I eat. In this case, the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ transforming me into Christ. And that is a, a very key component of our love relationship and our love journey with God as a loving Father and with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And Martha, we could actually spend a whole hour just talking about all the many, the myriad of scriptures that talk about God's love for us. Um, and so just uh, one final one that I just wanted to bring up, and that's John three sixteen: for God so loved the world. I mean, that one kind of sums it all up. He, God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. Um, and, I, and I think that that really uh, sort of hits it right on the nose of what we need to to remember it's a beautiful passage john i'm glad you brought that up because um many translations say uh that the god so loved the world and in my head my translation says god so 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 loved the world <laughs> you know the emphasis he so loved the world meaning you and me that he gave that word gave gave his only begotten son so that Whoever believes in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. And he gave him, I like to say, in the crib, on the cross, and in the chalice, as we just uh, said. And so that Lord who became incarnate now can become one with you and bring you into a personal loving relationship with his father, who is our father. And we might become perfected, holified, or sanctified by him as Jesus says we must in Matthew 5, uh, 48. And, uh, and it's a merciful God, as he says in Luke, you know, be merciful just as your father is merciful. So the more we receive that gift that God has given us, the more we become like him, perfect in love. Martha, finally, how much do you think that uh, our own uh, experiences uh, with our own uh, dads, our own fathers, um, shape our relationship with God as father? 
Well, I think it, it's uh, greatly influenced in uh, psychologists. Those of us who have studied psychology, we know that many times people have broken uh, brokenness inside because they have a broken relationship with their fathers. They may have lost their father at a young age. They may have been abandoned by their father at a young age. Some have met them later in life, but the damage has been done already. Uh, and sometimes that experience has not been enriching or uplifting. So we need to find in God our Father uh, the love and the healing. And we also need to be praying um, for healing. There's people who actually have a gift of the prayer of inner healing. We need to be seeking that. We need to be praying ourselves. Father, reveal yourself to me. Heal the wounds. Fill me where my Father may not have loved me perfectly. Even if you had a good father, maybe he was present your whole life, uh, but yet you need healing there. And so we need to be doing that uh, personally, uh, individually, but also communally um, and, and seeking healing. And for many people also, counseling and therapy could be a very good thing. If our relationship with God is marred by a broken relationship, an unfulfilling relationship with our earthly father. But hopefully you had a good relationship with your father and maybe uh, you uh, called your dad, daddy. And like I did, I called my daddy and even my college roommate and even another gal who wasn't even our roommate, but she would come off and ended up calling him daddy. And that's Abba. And, and we would have that blessing to be able to call God our father and talk to him in such an intimate manner. And if you were ever inside my heart and soul when I'm praying, you would hear me sometimes call God our father, pop popster, all kinds of things. I really feel that I have a very close, intimate relationship with God as our loving Father, and I want that for every single one of you. Well, Martha, we're going to have to leave it right there. Uh, so much uh, appreciate your, your perspective and your insights uh, on God as our Father. Uh, where can uh, people find you? They can find me at rememberyouareloved.com and at marthafernandezsardina.com. They can invite me. You can invite me to your parish, to your conferences, to your diocese, and we can bring the love of God there. And I want to remind you too, John, remember you are loved. And so are you. Thanks so much, uh, Martha. Martha Fernandez-Sardina, founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. We need to take a break. When morning air continues, Washington Nationals baseball chaplain and exorcist, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, will join us to talk about the reality of spiritual warfare. Do stay with us. This will be a very interesting conversation as morning air continues after this short timeout. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by in all of your ways. From Maui to Maine, you're listening to Morning Air with John Morales. Coast to Coast on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 31 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thank you so much for tuning in and being with us this morning. And again, uh, one last time, I want to uh, thank our listeners uh, for an unbelievable, a historic Join the Family Fall Pledge Drive uh, last week. The response was just off the charts. Uh, I can't say it enough. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for allowing us to continue to bring 
bring Christ to the world through the media. Uh, our totals uh, way, way over our goal of $2.7 million. We actually are uh, over uh, $3,425,000. And this came from uh, 14,722 different donations. Every single one of you is so important. Every single one of you makes a difference. Every single one of you is a part of our Relevant Radio family. In case you missed last week's pledge drive, for whatever reason, you can still join the family. You can make a tax-deductible donation by giving us a call, 877-291-0123, or online at relevantradio.com, or of course, you can make a pledge through the Relevant Radio app. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. As Catholics, we're called to fight the good fight of faith, to run the race that lies before us. The average Catholic is uh, quite uninstructed in the basic doctrine concerning the work of angels and demons, uh, their existence and their activity. Uh, The effects of this spiritual warfare are basically everywhere. They're evident uh, on a daily basis. You see it just about everywhere. The reality is we live in a rational age that has denied the very existence of God and preternatural and supernatural orders. If you go to the catechism, the catechism has a lot to say about this. In fact, uh, right out of the catechism, the whole of man's history has been the story of the dour combat with the powers of evil, stretching so that our Lord tells us from the very dawn of history until the very last day. This dramatic situation of the whole world, which is in the power of the evil one, makes man's life a battle. Joining us now is a friend of Morning Air and an exorcist, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, to discuss the reality of spiritual warfare. Monsignor Rossetti is also a licensed psychologist, associate professor at the Catholic University of America in the School of Theology and Religious Studies. Since 2009, he's also served as the chaplain of Major League Baseball's Washington Nationals. Monsignor Rossetti is also the author of Diary of an American Exorcist, Demons, possession and the modern day battle against ancient evil. Good morning, Monsignor Rossetti. Welcome back to Morning Air. Great to be with you. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join us. Good morning, John and Glenn. It's great to be back and uh, it's nice to hear your voice. I so much uh, appreciate you uh, being with us to talk about this uh, issue, which I find fascinating, uh, the reality of uh, spiritual warfare, spiritual combat. Uh, Can you you talk to us uh, about this reality? Well, first thing we all as Christians need to know that Jesus has won the war, first of all. It's over. The death and resurrection of Jesus, the battle is won. Satan's kingdom has been smashed. But... Uh, in the uh, the wake of that, Satan still uh, fights for souls. And so that's what we're really talking about, to, w- to win the battle, if you will, in Christ for our own souls and the souls of those around us. And uh, Monsignor Rossetti, um, your time as an exorcist, you've had a lot of experience. You, In fact, as I mentioned, you, you, you wrote uh, this book that came out earlier this year, uh, a powerful uh, book uh, about your experiences. Uh, can you give us just a, a, a taste of, um, of your experience uh, that confirms the reality of this spiritual conflict sure. that we're living in? Sure, John. Uh, Yes, I mean, that's one thing you learn as an exorcist. I've been doing this about 14 years, and I, I shared those experiences in the book so the, the reader could get a sense of 
the day-to-day work of an exorcist, and also the spiritual combat. And all of us are tempted. You know, all, I mean, every human being is tempted by, by Satan. There's no question about that. And I think many times we experience that in rather dramatic ways. But there are other times in which uh, the devil is allowed or invited by some to have us uh, at a more intense direct influence. We call that uh, a demonic oppression, obsession, whatever. And sometimes it rises to the level of evil of uh, someone who's possessed. And when someone's possessed or just severely oppressed, you you experience the combat. You experience, like I, I went to an exorcism yesterday, for example, and it was a fight. I mean, you we, we invoke the power of Christ. You throw holy water on the person. You raise up a crucifix. You read the rite of the church. For example, even the prologue of John's Gospel, which is which is part of the rite of exorcism, you read that uh, yeah, that beautiful prologue of John about the Word becoming flesh, which the demons hate. I mean, they start screaming, you know. So <clears throat> you experience, and I experienced these last 14 years doing this, that uh, the power of Christ and the battle of uh, casting out the demons. They hate uh, the prologue uh, of the, the Word becoming flesh. They also hate our Blessed Mother in a big-time way. Oh, oh yes. Well, she. I, this is my personal opinion. Uh, I really believe that Jesus has given that ministry uh, directly to a Mary. I mean, she really is Mother of the Church uh, and, and watches over the faithful. And uh, we, she, she, we invoke her constantly. For example, again, in this exorcism case, we... One of the most powerful prayers was the rosary and, and just simply saying a Hail Mary and how powerful that is. And in the toughest case I ever had, uh, at the end, our Blessed Mother herself came and, and cast out Lucifer. I mean, Lucifer is dust uh, compared to Mary. Absolutely. Monsignor, do you believe uh, that the evil one and uh, the evil spirits can actually use technology against us? I'll tell you, something really, really strange happened here while I was waiting to talk to you during the break. All I did was just try to go to your book, and my internet jammed up. I couldn't go to it. It, it The site was unavailable, and, and I tried it three different times during the break before you came to us, Monsignor. And I and I've, this is not the first time that this has happened. I've experienced this in the past, specifically whenever we're talking about, you know, some of these uh, spiritual warfare and these spiritual things, anything that could antagonize the evil one and his right. legions. Yeah, I hope you all are saying a prayer. I would do it every day. Uh, in your studio, because absolutely, the, the demons are always messing with these sorts of things. Oftentimes, when the possessed try to call me, or a priest who needs help with a case calls me, uh, it, uh, for example, a while back, this priest called me at a tough case of exorcism. He called me. Call went through, immediately dropped. Call went through, immediately dropped. We did this 10 times, and finally I woke up and said, okay, I'm going to say this prayer for technology, which I said, and then the phone uh, line went through fine. Um, no, they do use uh, technology and try to uh, uh, stop our communications, which is why on our app we have this uh, 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 prayer for protecting technology. And I recommend all the faithful download this app. It's called Catholic Exorcism. So for your app, it's free uh, for your phone, uh, Catholic Exorcism. And we have a bunch of wonderful deliverance prayers there, which includes protecting technology. So absolutely. Is that CatholicExorcism.org uh, or .com? Well, it, that's the website. CatholicExorcism.org is the website. The app itself is just an app. It's called Catholic Exorcism. 
Got it. It sounds oh, and like they both have all that information on it. It, it sounds like a fabulous tool. And just a, a reminder of uh, this spiritual reality. Uh, I, I think uh, we need to invoke St. Michael, the Archangel, uh, especially oh. uh, here, uh, you know, on, on Morning Air and, and on uh, our show, because, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, it's not the first time that that's happened. But, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it reminds me of St. Teresa, I think one time, St. Teresa of Avila, who, who uh, thought the evil one is bothering him. And she's like, you know, get away from me like, like a fly. Get off my shoulder. Don't bother me. Yeah. Right, yeah, we shouldn't be too frightened of Satan with Jesus. With Jesus is our protection, so he's dust compared to Jesus and Mary. And by the way, we talk more about technology, uh, something that people have a hard time believing, but, you know, members of our team will receive texts from demons. Talked to a guy, one of our team members yesterday, and he said uh, one of them got a text from a demon, and it, the number, the 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 number that showed up where it supposedly came from, it was an evil photo about it was a horrible, horrible thing, of course. And the number showed up was zero 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 six six six. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. It's you know it, it, what I find incredible, uh, Monsignor, is that there are people out there. There are Catholics and even some Christians who actually don't believe in the devil. They don't believe in demons. They they think it's some kind of medieval fantasy, and uh, they just yeah. how can that be in this day and age when when you yourself have seen it over these past fourteen years with your own eyes? There are more than a few priests, and I and I think even some bishops who don't believe in Satan. And first of all, I want to say that. It's de fide. It's part of our faith. It's in the Bible. It reminds me of something that uh, uh, Father Gabriel Morth, a famous exorcist, was talking to a cardinal in Rome. And he, the cardinal said he didn't believe in all that stuff. And, the car, and Gabriel Morth said, you know, your eminence, I've got a book I want you to read. He said, what book, what book is that? He said, the Bible. I mean, the Bible is shot full of, of uh, uh, Jesus doing exorcism and casting out Satan. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, there is a, a tremendous amount of uh, evidence uh, for this spiritual warfare. St. Paul himself uh, it, it talks about it, put on the full armor of God in Ephesians uh, 6. Uh, I'd like to talk about that. We need to take uh, a short break, uh, Monsignor. But if you have a, a question uh, for uh, Monsignor Rossetti uh, about spiritual warfare, uh, anything that you might want to run by him, uh, give us a call. We have open lines right now, 888-914-9149. If you've had uh, a personal experience uh, with uh, some kind of uh, oppression from uh, the evil one, uh, give us a call, 888-914-9149. We need to take uh, a short break as we continue our conversation with Monsignor Stephen Rossetti. Stay with us. There's much more to come on the other side. Get connected to the conversation. Call us now at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 46 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for being with us this morning as uh, we continue our conversation uh, with a longtime uh, Morning Air contributor, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti. We're talking about uh, the reality of spiritual warfare. Uh, we have a, a few callers that are uh, waiting to, to ask you a question, Monsignor. Again, if you want to jump into our conversation uh, on spiritual warfare, if you have any questions uh, for Monsignor Rossetti, 
Our number, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Monsignor, welcome back. Great, John. Uh, I'm looking forward to the calls. Absolutely. Uh, before we get to the callers, real uh, quickly, uh, can you can you share what it has been like for you uh, personally uh, to be face to face with demons uh, that that hate you, that uh, that uh, try to wound you, that just that really can't stand to be uh, next to you? What's that experience like? Well, as you, as you implied, you know, that uh, demons are full of hate and rage. That's one of the real markers of when someone's possessed. You start praying over the person, and then this, per- then this personality, this being comes forward, which is uh, just incredibly evil. And it, the, the murderous look in their eyes, and, uh, and they just see a stupid priest, and they just would kill you if they could. But the good news is they're, they're chained. I mean, God does not allow them. To, uh, sometimes people say, well, the demons threaten me, they're going to kill me. I said, no, God does not allow that. Because if he did, every exorcist in the world would be dead. You know, So they are always threatening us, uh, and sometimes the Lord does allow them to you know, uh, affect us a little bit. But we're always protected fundamentally. Uh, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's ugly. You know, I mean, uh, an exorcism is not a, a, a glorified thing. It's an ugly event. Uh, the power of Christ uh, wins, of course, but it's an ugly thing to uh, to encounter the demonic. How similar, how different is it to the way Hollywood has depicted it? I can't but help, but, uh, you know, flashback to uh, scenes from uh, the movie The Exorcist uh, from back in from the 1970s. Uh, is there is it is it anything similar to that or is it could be even worse? Well, for example, the uh, the movie is based on a real case, you know. It uh, it was actually a 13-year-old young boy who was possessed. And the notes are available these days. You can get the notes from The Exorcist and, and the actual what he wrote down. Uh, so a lot of it actually is true. Uh, but, of course, in Hollywood then uh, overblows over it over. And, uh, and, uh, and the, the, my big complaint with Hollywood is they make it uh, uh, Satan seem so powerful, like he's almost equal to God, which he'd like to think he is, but he is a, isn't, of course. A- absolutely. And so... Uh, and so, what, 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 one thing that you that I've learned is people say, "Well, can you? How do you sleep at night?" Oh, I sleep very well, frankly, because you learn that Satan's a coward, and compared to Jesus, nothing. All you have to do is throw some holy water on him, pull up a crucifix, and he starts screaming. Uh, that uh, with the power of Christ, uh, he is just repelled. Uh, so uh, you end up with the I with the greater sense of of. Uh, of confidence in Jesus and uh, strengthens my faith. So it's been a great grace. But as I said, it's it's an ugly event, an exorcism. You know, it's, it's uh, ugly things happen. You know. And I'd love to talk about the power of sacramentals. Obviously, uh, the crucifix, holy water, uh, blessed salt. In fact, um, Jennifer is calling us from uh, Moss Tone, Wisconsin, with a related question. Uh, Jennifer, good morning. Uh, welcome to Morning Air. You're on with Monsignor Rossetti. Good morning. Thank you, Monsignor Rossetti. Uh, my question is, is I wear my crucifix daily, but is there another armor or some type of um, item that we can wear or something that we should have for protection uh, to put that extra barrier up there against the demon? 
Well, John, uh, as you mentioned, sacramentals in general, uh, I think we all have our favorites. You know, some people uh, love to have a, an image of St. Michael. Some people love to have a, the Virgin Mary. Of course, I love especially the Virgin Mary, and I wear a miraculous medal myself. And you know what? one thing I do now is I carry uh, rosary beads in my pocket. I learned that with uh, these rosary beads... Uh, well, just, uh, you know, you hold them up and it just the demons start, you know, fleeing. Uh, so either I have these rosary beads in my pocket. I, I actually I sleep with them at night. I They're never away from my person. So we all have our own favorites, but uh, the rosary in our Blessed Mother is my special favorite. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jennifer. We go to Laura joining us uh, from Glendale, Arizona. Laura, good morning. Welcome to Morning Air. Hi, how are you? Um, I have a question. I have a 17-year-old daughter. She's struggling with transgender, and she said she learned it in eighth grade from social media. Is there anything I can do? I've done the 40-day rosary novena just to help her discern and see, you know, clearly what she can do to help herself or what I can do to help her. Right. Well, this is, yeah, as a psychologist, I would say uh, that all parents who have teenagers, it's always a time of transition and can be upsetting. Uh, but, I, uh, but, uh, but I would just simply say, you know, uh, being a prayer presence, being a loving presence, uh, and walking with your daughter, hopefully as she moves into her 20s, that's usually when they start moving on some of these adolescent uh, perspectives, you know. So uh, it's a tough time, though, and, and uh, especially these days with a lot of confusion around uh, sexuality, uh, that uh, prayer, uh, loving presence, and, uh, and, and being with her, uh, I think as you as a, a good model of, of a woman and a mother would be a real help to her. Thanks so much, uh, Laura. Monsignor, real quickly, uh, I pulled out the rosary out of my pocket. It is now in my hand. I never leave home without it, kind of like American Express. I've been doing this for years, and I never realized the power of having that rosary in the pocket at all times. It's it's something that I've been doing for a oh, long time. Yeah. So thank you so much for that little reminder, Monsignor. Uh, we have Maria joining us uh, for, on Line 5 from uh, New Mexico. Maria, uh, good morning. Uh, you're on uh, with... Uh, Monsignor Rosati. Good morning. Um, I have a question, but I also have an experience. A lot of people don't believe in the devil, which is nonsense. Um, my father, when I was eight years old, played around with a Ouija board. No one knew mm. about this. It was clandestine. And then for about a whole week, I finally went to my mother, and I told her I'm seeing some strange things. And she said, what? And I said, oh, well, like, I think there's toast burning because there's black smoke by the ceiling, but you don't smell any burning toast. And on top of that, it just gets darker, but you still don't smell anything. And then I told her, sometimes I see darkness in the corners of the house. And there was one time I really thought it was beginning to take on the shape of a person. Um, And then the rooms would get cold. You'd feel really creeped out. And our German shepherd, yeah. she was big. She was a, uh, her father was a champion shepherd. She was 120 pounds. And this oh. dog, it was the strangest thing to see. When she had to go through the basement to the backyard to do her morning business, she would actually slink and crawl down the stairs and 
when she went through the basement to the yard, you could hear her screaming and whining, and it sounded as if someone had actually broken this dog's back. Did it every time. So it was very abnormal. I told my mother, what I didn't know is my twin had spoken to her beforehand, said the same thing, Mm. and what she didn't know is my mother also had the same experience. Yeah. Monsignor, well, those uh, your are, thoughts. Maria, those, we, we have, we have about two minutes are, to go. Yeah. Those are very typical of demonic uh, uh, presence. And the people don't realize using Ouija boards, practicing magic or witchcraft, all that stuff is an open door to, to the satanic. So, yeah, I would say what your experience is, we hear it again and again and again. You know, as I'd say back then, I would have said to you, you know, get your house blessed and exercise and stop using that Ouija board. Thanks so much, uh, Maria. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm Senior uh, Rossetti, and your final thoughts here uh, in our final moments uh, about the reality of uh, this spiritual combat that, that we all uh, live in. It's very real. I think Maria's case just shows that. And I'm, I know many listeners have had their own experiences. But again, my, my, what I've learned primarily these uh, years is the truth of what the church teaches and the power of Christ. So sleep well, trust in the Lord, use those sacramentals in your house, uh, go to Mass, and, and go to confession. It's a powerful exorcistic thing. Go to confession. So We so much uh, anyway, appreciate I'd like to give people a blessing at the end. If Absolutely. Like. In fact, you could go ahead and, and do that uh, right this moment, Monsignor. Well, first of all, I, in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Church on this day and all days, I ask that any curses uh, be lifted against anyone who's listening and their loved ones. Any curses, any hexes, any spells be lifted, any uh, curses of any sort, uh, that all of you, with the blood of Christ, would wash over you all, uh, cleansing you, sanctifying you, giving you God's peace. May our Blessed Mother spread her mantle over all of you, the holy angels protect you. May Almighty God bless you give you his peace, and one day bring you to the fullness of life, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Monsignor Rossetti, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. Uh, we look forward to talking to you uh, again soon. Um, thank you. Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, and now it's time for another Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called A Match Made in Heaven from Love What Matters. Diana Crayer couldn't wait to marry the love of her life, but organ failure threatened to take away her happily ever after. With hundreds of thousands of people on the transplant waiting list, her future was uncertain. Around the same time, Heather Donnelly passed away after a car accident. Miraculously, she was the perfect match for the small and large intestines that Diana so desperately needed. The transplant was a complete success, and Diana couldn't have been more grateful. Every day, I live my life to try and honor this amazing person who saved my life, said Diana. To show her appreciation, she reached out to Heather's dad, Daniel Donnelly, so she could personally thank him for what his daughter did for her. Through their phone call, Diana learned just how similar that she and Heather were. Heather was only a year older than Diana, and like Diana, she was engaged and soon to be married. Heartbroken that Daniel would never have the chance to walk his own daughter down the aisle, Diana offered him a very special role in her big day. I asked Dan if he'd want to walk me down the aisle at my wedding, said Diana. He said yes and that he'd be honored. Now, every wedding day is full of emotions, but it's safe to say Diana's was exceptionally so. To honor Heather, photos of her were featured on a table to represent the fact she was there in spirit. 
As Diana and Daniel made their way down the aisle, arms intertwined, she couldn't stop smiling. When it came time for Daniel to hand her over to her own dad, they embraced, and Diana began to tear up. At this point, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. The rest of the ceremony went just as beautifully, and the reception was a time of joyous celebration. I had a great time at the wedding. It was a blast, Daniel. I was watching Diana on the dance floor, dancing it up and picturing my daughter out there doing the same thing. Without Heather's selflessness, Diana never may have made it to her wedding day. But if Heather had been able to see Diana's big day, there's no doubt she would have been so grateful with how everything turned out. You guys are as loving as my daughter was. She'd be very proud of you two, and I wish you the best of luck, said Daniel. I know she's looking down right now and very happy. Diana's a sweet girl. She's got a heart of gold and calls me dad. Says, I've got two dads now. I was very honored. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the afflicted, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, release to the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God, to comfort all who mourn and place on those who mourn in Zion a diadem instead of ashes, to give them oil of gladness instead of mourning, a glorious mantle instead of a faint spirit. They'll be called oaks of justice, the planting of the Lord to show his glory. Glenn, so much appreciated as always. Uh, I want to encourage you to carry a rosary in your pocket as Monsignor Rossetti just reminded us, and uh, that goes for all of you. If you can't carry it in your pocket, uh, put it in your purse. And of course, pray the rosary tonight with Father Rocky. Family Rosary Across America, 7 p.m. tonight. That'll do it for this edition of the show for the whole team. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. We'll see you tomorrow.